Hello. Good. And again, thank you for your uh, your warm welcome. And uh, it's been great to share with you this morning. Thank you for your prayers and for your gifts in support of the Fisherman's Mission. And uh, I just want to share this morning. We're, um, we've been doing the story at West Road Church all of this year. Preach through the whole Bible, which is why some of the slides have got the story on them. Uh, and uh, I spoke on this subject of Paul's mission um, about four weeks ago, five, four or five weeks ago. But I think some of what I say this morning may well speak into the, the things that have happened this week. So uh, I'm not saying that's possible. It may well not be, but I'm just, I just put that out there and just, um, just see what, what the Holy Spirit will do uh, with his word this morning. So um, I want to think first of all about... It's going far too quick. Okay, about how organised people are okay ben was saying this morning about christmas is coming too fast it's rubbish there are 38 days shopping days left so what more do we need 38 shopping days but we've already had haven't we we've had the clocks have gone backwards or forwards whatever it was um we've had guy Fawkes night we've had remembrance sunday we've had children in need we had the john lewis advert and now we've got ben's christmas notices everything is falling into place 38 days to go until christmas and i wonder how many of you have already invested in crackers and cards and wrapping paper and christmas put look at that fantastic you can come to my house for christmas that'd be great okay okay because you know it's all about whether you're an organized person or not um i like to think of myself as reasonably well organized although it is based around a system of post-it notes okay this is my office okay at home very much based on post-it notes uh, there's the car Okay, as well, just for good measure. And the dog. He, he is it's one of those hidden fish. He is in there somewhere. Okay. You may be different. You know, Google calendars, Microsoft team planners, okay, keep notes, or maybe a good old-fashioned filofax. Okay. Yeah, you can't be a good to-do list, okay, in my opinion. Uh, it gives the entirely false comfort of everything being under control and dealt with. Until a few days later, you do another to-do list, uh, mainly containing exactly the same information, but in a slightly different order, to once again give that feeling that everything's under control. Well, this morning, our title is Paul's Mission, and we're going to look at the mission that Paul had in the New Testament with the early church, but also considering the to-do list for the church, okay, the to-do list for the church and the to-do list for us as Christians. So if I was to ask you what was Paul's mission or what is the mission of the church, I guess you'd answer that it was to evangelise, to to make disciples, to organise the church and to write most of the New Testament. That's what Paul did. If I was to ask you what is the mission of this church, you'd probably give similar answers to evangelise, to make disciples, to engage in social care, to worship God. Of course, this is absolutely correct and, and based entirely on the words of Jesus from Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to do obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. However, I believe this morning, 
God is calling us to uh, think about Paul's mission, think about our mission and this church's mission in simpler yet more profound ways. I'm not taking anything away from that, of course. We can and will do all that exciting stuff of making disciples and evangelism, just as Paul did. But there's something essential, there's something vital, something crucial that we need to prioritise first. Very simply, we need to know Christ. We need to know Christ. Knowing Christ was the number one thing, the top of Paul's to-do list. And knowing Christ has to be at the top of our to-do list. We need to know Christ. So we're going to go on a a little mission ourselves this morning in Philippians chapter 3. Okay, Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to uncover a personal mission, a painful mission, and a persevering mission. Okay, so first of all, a personal mission. And the words from Philippians 3 will be on the screen. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, Paul says, then I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me now, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. You know, Paul is crystal clear here. His life at this time was based entirely, or up to this time, was based entirely in gaining the respect of God and his contemporaries through who he was, how he behaved and what he did. Status, power, religious purity. You want the best of the best. You want the top boy of the religious establishment. Then look no further, Paul says. I'm your man. But then he dramatically turns the tables. To be honest, he says, all that stuff is rubbish. Okay? All of that religious finery means nothing. To quote the Greek, it's a huge pile of poo, is what he says. The language is that strong. Compared, he says, compared to knowing Christ. Paul counts everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So, if knowing Christ is our all-surpassing aim in life, if this is our mission, the top of our to-do list, how do we go about doing it? Well, let's start by being honest. Let's start with honesty. Like Paul, we need to take An honest look at our lives individually and the lives of our church. What is it in life that determines our attitudes and our actions? How much are we truly governed by Christ? Look at time. Look at money. Look at work and play. 
Look at relationships. Look at what we do. Look at how we serve. Look at who we are. Look at our lives in this church. How much of our life brings us closer to this all-surpassing worth of knowing Christ? And how much of it distracts and drags us away to other things? Think, for example, about time. Probably the most pressured and treasured commodity that we have. My mum is 91 years old. Uh, My dad died 28 years ago. She's been living alone for quite a while now. She's very independent. She lives down in Dagenham uh, in the east end of London. And then about eight weeks ago, she was just coming home from her club. She gets around okay with a sort of frame and she fell and uh, a hip replacement crashed into her thigh bone and broke her thigh and her hip at the same time. She spent six weeks in hospital. She's at home now. Uh, but it's been a very tough time, you know, if I'm honest, for us as a family. Uh, it's, it's a lot of travelling and a lot of caring, a lot of heartache. And it's been very, very difficult indeed. But there's been unexpected benefits to it. I mean, whilst mum was in hospital for six weeks, we could actually spend some quality time with her. Now, we don't ignore her when she's not in hospital, of course, but but she wasn't going to go anywhere, so we can sit down and we can have a good chat with her. And I learned quite a lot of stuff about mum that I'd not heard before, particularly about her courting days with my dad. The morphine was very good in the hospital, that's all I can say, okay. I did know most of this, but some of it was new information that I weren't aware of. My dad met my mum uh, at a wedding. He was the best man and she was the bridesmaid. And my dad's killer uh, chat-up line was to go up to her and say to her, Hello, darling, your nose is peeling. All right, I think she'd been on holiday somewhere. I wouldn't suggest that as a line for anybody else, but it, it seemed to sort of work. But my mum, mum had lived a very sheltered life at that time, and my dad was completely the opposite, a new Christian, uh, you know, and um, they had mutual friends. And dad, he, he wanted to ask mum out, but he couldn't do it at the wedding. He couldn't do it then. And he knew roughly where she lived, but he didn't know exactly what house number it was. This is long before even the phones, I think, let alone mobile phones. Okay, so um, the way he did it was to, um, was to go and wait at a bus stop close to where she lived. A mutual friend had said that she'd gone out babysitting and that she'd be coming home on the bus. And he knew the bus stop, but he didn't know what house it was, and he didn't know when she was coming home. So he got there early in the morning, and he waited all morning. And he waited all afternoon, and he waited into the evening and into the night time when mum finally came off the bus. He waited there all day long so he could ask her out for a date. And they went out the next Saturday to see... The Ten Commandments, (laughs) Charwin Heston in all his glory. And she said it was wonderful because we held hands all the way through the film. Three hours and 40 minutes of Charwin Heston (laughs) holding hands together. Now, of course, the truth is uh, I know mum better, if I'm honest, through spending these times with her. Difficult times, but that sort of thing came out of it as well. And of course, the same is true for us in knowing Christ. You know, Christianity is not a faith-based religion. It's a faith-based relationship. 
a faith-based relationship. And relationships need time to grow and prosper and to enjoy. Paul's mission, the church's mission, our mission, is to know Christ. Everything else we do will flow out from that. Our challenge is to look at our account, to look at the plus of knowing Christ and the minus of everything else, and honestly evaluate our lives and that of our church, what pulls them together and what pulls them apart, and to make changes if we need to. So it's a personal mission and it's a painful mission, a painful mission. On the 20th of January 2017, Donald Trump was inaugurated as President of the United States at a huge ceremony in Washington, D.C. The crowd was officially numbered around three to 600,000 people. After the ceremony, President Trump said the actual crowd size was between one and one and a half million people. When this figure was proved to be an exaggeration, the Trump administration responded by saying they were using alternative facts. Alternative facts. It probably was an exaggeration. But there is nothing alternatively factual about Paul's mission and therefore our mission being a a painful one. In 2 Corinthians 11, Paul tells us this. I've worked much harder, been jailed more often, beaten up more times than I can count, and at death's door time after time. I've been flogged five times with the Jews' 39 lashes, beaten by a Roman rod three times, pummeled with rocks once. I've been shipwrecked three times, immersed in the open sea for a night and a day. In hard travelling, year in and year out, I've had to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes. I've been at risk in the city, at risk in the country, endangered by death desert sun and sea storm, betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. I've known drudgery and hard labour, many a long and lonely night without sleep, many a missed meal, blasted by the cold, naked to the weather, and that's not the half of it when you throw in the daily pressures and anxieties of all the churches. Wow, okay. It's a painful mission. It's a painful mission. And now, now, as he sits in chains in prison... He writes to the church in Philippi and he says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. Becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. You know, if we are fully to embrace our mission of knowing Christ then we will also know times of pain and times of suffering. Paul is clear. Knowing Jesus comes at a cost. We are not immune from the things that can happen to us or those we love. But just think for a moment about the suffering of Jesus. His entire ministry was marked by a misunderstanding, opposition, betrayal and death. He suffered everything imaginable on the cross for each one of us. Physical pain, emotional pain and spiritual pain. All for the forgiveness of our sins so that we can know him. He suffered so we can move from death to life, attaining the resurrection that Paul speaks of here. Knowing Jesus is our mission and it's a painful one. 
suffering is part of our Christian lives. We can't always explain it. In fact, I would say we can't normally explain it. We have no easy answers to trot out. We wish it didn't happen, but we can't deny that it doesn't. You know, my mum with her broken hip and her leg has really struggled and suffered over the past few weeks and continues to do so now. She's at home. She's not moved out of one room for the last three weeks. It's not a great lifestyle and she's really struggling. I'm sure it's the same for, uh, for Jill and for Godfrey too. A very, very difficult time. Yet both of them and my mum as well know Jesus, they trust Jesus, but that doesn't stop or change the pain or stop the fear for the future or what might be coming next. And I don't know everybody here. I do know by coming this morning that for some of you there is suffering and there is difficulty in life. Struggles with all sorts of issues, health, relationship, faith, loss, Profound suffering and real struggles. And it may only offer the smallest crumb of comfort, the barest glimpse of a context and the merest hint of a clarity to, to your situation or to what's happened this week. But if we can somehow look to Jesus, then maybe that can help. If we can see his suffering, if we can see that suffering for us, If we can call on him to comfort and to guide and to minister his grace to all of us today, then maybe that will help somehow. I pray it will. And it leads us to our final point, a persevering mission, a persevering mission. From Philippians 3 again, verse 12, not that I have already obtained all this, already arrived at my goal but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me brothers and sisters I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus keep going says Paul keep pressing on if you can persevere with the task of knowing Christ yes it it can be honestly personal it can be very painful but remember it's the greatest thing of all Newt Gingrich the American author said this perseverance is the hard work you do after you get tired of doing the hard work you already did perseverance is the hard work you do after you get tired of doing the hard work you already did Two stories of perseverance recently in the news. This chap, 40 years ago, he's a professor. And 40 years ago, Ian Shanks, a UK scientist, invented a pioneering method for diabetics to test their blood sugar level. Since then, the company he was working for at the time, Unilever, have made around £24 million from his invention. 
after a 13-year struggle which has seen Professor Shanks lose court battle after court battle. His persistence has won the day when the UK Supreme Court about three weeks ago ruled that he was entitled to £2 million compensation. Most of that will sadly go on legal fees, but he was just pleased to be able to prove a point. Possibly, more importantly, is the story of Olive. Okay? Olive is a staffy cross who was homeless and decided this week to go for a trip on a bus in Bradford. She boarded the bus and quietly took up her seat. Her photo was taken, which of course went viral on the interweb, and other passengers made sure she stayed on the bus until they reached the safety of the bus garage, where she was picked up by the local dog warden. Olive will be rehomed after hundreds of people offered her a kennel. It's not known if Olive was travelling on a Rover ticket. That's my joke, I put it in at the end there. So. She persevered, she stayed on the bus, and now she's being rehomed. You know, knowing Jesus is a personal mission, it's a painful mission, but keep going. It's a mission of perseverance. And we all know that our mission is a tough one at times, but we need to be encouraged. You know, when we take this mission on, when the whole church is striving and straining to know Christ, as Paul outlines here, then we are there for each other. We can spur each other on. When the going is tough, we can pick each other up when we fall down. We can carry each other when we get weary. We can love each other just as Jesus loves us. You know, it was, it was wonderful to come into that prayer meeting this morning as a, a semi-outsider, to come and feel that love and that prayer and that intentionality. I didn't want to be there. None of us did, if we're honest. But it was a special time because this is what it means to persevere, to keep going, to gather together as a church and to spur each other on. Because we won't let these things beat us because we know the all-surpassing love of God. We know what it is. It's the greatest thing. And we don't let these things that are horrible knock us off track if we can. But we need each other. So, you know, if you like, I'm eight weeks on from what happened to my mum. Matt, you know, Godfrey, they're only a few days on. Keep praying for them because it's going to get tougher, if I'm honest. So, you know, keep praying for them. They need your prayers. And even more than that, we can know the power of the Holy Spirit keeping us going. There is nothing God wants more than to know you and to know me. Every single one of us. That's why he sent his son to die for us. That's why his Holy Spirit has come as our helper, our comforter, our intercessor, our advocate, and our strengthener. So let's keep going. Let's draw closer to each other in our mission and closer to the God who loves us and longs us, longs to know us as we press on towards the goal to win the prize that God has called us to. In closing, we have our mission. We have our to-do list. And you can fill it with whatever you wish in detail and mission and activities. But overall, our mission is to know Christ. It's the priority task. It's the top of our to-do list. And it will mean each one of us being challenged as we review and reorder our lives to know Jesus. 
It will mean pain and suffering as we become more like Jesus. And it will mean persevering, keeping going, helping each other and relying on the Holy Spirit. But be encouraged, if we can, this morning. Paul says, there is nothing greater than knowing Jesus. I say, personally, there is nothing greater than knowing Jesus. This church, and most of you, I hope, say also, there is nothing greater than knowing Jesus. Because, nothing greater than knowing Jesus, because it is, it is the greatest thing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can know you. You know, as profound and as simple as that, the the creator of the world, the astonishing things we've seen today from the fish in the sea, the world around us. You made us and you know us and you love us so much that you want this relationship with us. You want us to know you. So, Lord, help us to take these words seriously that Paul is saying to us. Help us to really honestly look at our lives and to evaluate what's drawing us closer to that all-surpassing knowledge of knowing you and what's drawing us away and then to make changes in our lives. Help us to be aware and to know that pain will come and to gather around those who are suffering pain today that we know of. And help us, Lord, to persevere, to keep going. And when times are tough, help us to remember each other and to remember the power of the Holy Spirit that is there for us. Help us to persevere in knowing you. Lord, we just thank you. We just praise you and we worship you because you are the greatest thing. And there is nothing greater than knowing you. And we pray, Lord, that that would be seen in our lives day by day spiritually, emotionally, morally, practically. Father, we want to know you. We want to know the power of your love in our lives. We want to know your spirit working for us. So this morning, Lord, wherever we are, whatever we're going through, we give ourselves to you. Father, that we may know the all-surpassing joy of knowing you. In your name, Lord. Amen.